good evening everybody we're uh we're here it's um the 7th of january thursday night um a lot's been going on um we really don't want to to do go through our normal introduction because this is uh this is something we really haven't done before going right into it um after something occurs right that you know that's one of those things that comes with like a lot of a lot of blowback as more and more information develops when you try to jump on something immediately. But this was such a, a major incident that took place in D.C. that we want to address it now. Um, and, you know, that major incident, right, what we're talking about is the fact that um, the Washington, D.C. football team has made it to the playoffs by winning the NFC East <laughs> division. And I can't believe this is the world we're living in. Like, this is how we start 2021 with the Redskins, um, the football team, the mascotless football team, hosting Washington the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs. Like, what kind of craziness is that? And hey, then Tampa you know, Bay deserves to be there, right? And then in the background of all this, obviously significantly less important than all this, uh, is other things going on in DC. Um, as always, I am Dominic Speller, one half of Ingenious Perspectives, and I'm Lawrence McCarran, the uh, other half. All right, so so Lawrence, let's get into the real issue here, um, and, and take it away. Yeah, something something's wrong. Uh, something's broken in our democracy. Yesterday, we saw images of occupiers, of traitors, folks storming into our nation's capital with no goal or intent, just wanting to cause chaos. You know, they, you know, you'll talk to them. They'll say things like, we want to stop the steal. We want to blah, blah, blah. They didn't have any intent to do anything. There was no larger goal, no mission, no objective. And in our nation's entire history, there's only one other time that a belligerent power occupied our capital. And here we are, you know, hundreds of years later. And it was our own citizens who for good reasons, bad reasons, whatever you want to call it, you know, feel as if the system is broken. And I don't believe the stuff that they believe. I don't, but our democracy is failing to include all people. And we have a summer of rioting that's happened, you know, that happened, uh, rioting protests for, for, Reasons that I think are hell of a lot more important than what happened yesterday. But these are the canaries in the coal mine right now. You know, these are the folks who are on the fringes, on the edges, who are breaking because the system's under strain. Something's wrong and it has to be fixed. So I think one of the um, major points that one of the first things I want to address is the difference in the discussion of what went down in DC yesterday and um, what was happening during the summer. And you'll often hear Black Lives Matter uh, events and, and other, everything, all the events during the summer weren't Black Lives Matter. But what you'll often hear is that those were riots and this was a protest. And a lot of people have been talking about it you know, from that from that frame of, you know, that was a riot. This is a protest, right? That was a riot. This is a, a lawful occupation, right? That was a riot. This is whatever um, pretty label and bow 
and, and sugar sweet words we want to use to describe what happened yesterday, but not using those same words to describe what took place during the summer. Um, and I think that's really important because the labels we place on things frame how we view it uh, before we even know more about it. When you say the Black Lives Matter riots, you're already in this frame of mind that we're about to talk about something negative and this is really, really bad and I don't really want to be a part of this and, you know, whatever. But then when you're talking about um, a, a occupation of the nation's capital to, you know, justify our rights or to, to show strength as a Republican Party or, or, or any other pretty words you put around it, it becomes this almost patriotic idea that that we're standing up for what we believe in as opposed to what it actually is, which was a riot of the Capitol building. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching, uh, so yesterday, yeah, you know, just to follow the breadcrumbs a little bit, you know, I'm watching, watching the news on like articles online, I'm getting alerts and things like that. And then, you know, trying to figure out what's going on, I throw in the actual TV coverage. You know, I see the CNN, it's kind of the go-to default. I watch that for a couple of minutes and I go to Fox News and I get the get the, uh, you know, the alternative spin kind of, you know, the more the more right leaning version of events. Right. And uh, I mean, you get this. This thing that happens about two to three hours in where you get this, the narrative uh, was created and drafted, you know, because in the first two hours, they're kind of responding right. is gut, gut responding to the events. But as the editors and, and, and all get involved, the opinion, you know, uh, peace folks, uh, you start to get a narrative of, hey, this is what happens when when blah, 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 when uh, our leaders fail, blah, blah, blah. You know, all those kind of justifications for this, uh, you know, outburst of, quotes, you know, righteous citizenry, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And it's just justifying garbage. Right. You, know, you, you had people storm our capital in a riot in the story. There's no justification for these actions. Now there's reasons, but there's no justifications. Yeah. Uh, so, and I think that's another thing we need to look at is is the is the response. Like, yeah. I don't what, and obviously I don't know the training, and that's one of the. This is one of the areas where you know the reasons we do the research we do before we hold discussions, um, and so we can try to discuss several different facets of it. But, um, you know, just getting right into this, one of the things, one of the great, I don't know the training that the Capitol, who, like, is that the Capitol Police that is in the Capitol building? Is that a separate yeah. security force? Like, is it separate from the Metro PD? Yo, so I, I'm, I, I've been to the Capitol. I don't, I don't know if you, you've been. I, I took a tour. There. I took a tour of the Capitol, but it wasn't, it, I was paying attention to the building, not really the security around it. So I, I couldn't tell you, you know, yeah, it's, not, it's not something I took in. For me, it's one of those things I just noticed. I noticed uh, that type of thing, the demeanor of the folks and all that stuff. And and because I had a certain bias walking into it, okay. I, I just kind of assumed that they, these were, you know, hey, they're going to be protecting our capital. We're going to choose the cream of the crop. Okay. You know, that, hey, I'm going to, you know, this is elite force, you know, not 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 unlike, you know, Buckingham Palace style, you know, uh, thing, but what I saw yesterday and then actually looking back and really thinking about it, it, you know, this is like the, the security force at a national park, you know, more, more uh, inclined to give someone directions mm. than, you know, uh, 
re- respond to these events, which is, and, and it's not, I'm not saying it's their fault that they were incapable of defending our capital. Uh, it's just, a, you know, it's about prioritization of, of training and all those kind of things. But like yesterday was a failure. Like if, if a military base or something of much less importance in our capital was stormed in this fashion, there'll be a lot of firings. A lot of people will be explaining why in the hell security was so inadequate. That wouldn't, that wouldn't happen. Exactly. And, and, you know, if, if it did happen, uh, we wouldn't be talking about um, one person shot and, and three other people having medical emergencies. And I don't mean to undermine any, any loss of life at all that happened. And that is a tragedy that we lost four people, you know, whatever side of the, the rioting they were on. um, Mm -hmm. That's a tragedy. But when I read a headline that says rioters stormed the Capitol and I see four dead, I think, thank God, because I expect that casualty rate to be a lot higher. If the casualty rate's not higher, I would expect the arrest rate or the injury rate to be higher. Um, Even if we're talking about, you know, the most highly trained security team in the world who was able to subdue everybody with little to no injury, I'm expecting every single person who was inside the Capitol building to be arrested. Every single yeah. one of them. It doesn't make any sense to me to to not arrest them. I mean, protesters protesters were arrested all throughout the summer, um, yeah. and and protesters died all throughout the summer, and protesters were injured all throughout the summer, and at the nation's capital. Like I just don't, I don't get it. Right, Norfolk. No. Let's take let's take Norfolk Naval Base, right, or, or Portsmouth. You're not getting on. You're not even getting anywhere near it. Like you're not no. going there. You know, like so. I guess I'm just confused as to how the leaders of our nation have have more lack security than we do. And you, you know the you know what it is. The answer really boils down to white privilege. Lack a lack of yes, yeah, white privilege, lack of perceived threat. Right. And, I mean. Okay, we can say it nicer. Protest. All right, we can we yeah, can yeah. say it nicer then. Lack sure, of sure. perceived threat. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, when, <laughs> when yeah, when you're uh, you know, when you see a, a a crowd of folks approaching you, and in those fla- in those flags and banners are uh, Trump twenty, you know, Trump twenty twenty, Blue Lives Matter, uh, you know, QAnon, whatever, whatever is in that that field of view, you know, as a law enforcement officer. You feel a little comforted, comforted, a little bit better than when you see Antifa or Black Lives Matter or whatever. Because I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna bring up Antifa because that's what that's the the boogeyman that the the folks on the right use a lot of the time. But that, no I think that's them. that's part of again that goes back to words we use in our in our 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 culture because if you think about something as simple as somebody telling a story. They're telling mm-hmm. a story about how they got into a bar fight. Or they're telling oh, a story man. about how their dad beat somebody. And the first thing they say is, yeah, man, you know, we came up on this dude, big dude, big, big black dude, right? And they yeah. add this black and put this emphasis on it as if to explain that, you know, by him being black, he was far more threatening and far more capable of inducing harm upon my person than if he was a, a white man of equal size and stature. Like, yeah. this is this black dude right we got to put that emphasis on it because oh now now we're talking intimidation right a large a large black man oof scary that is right boy boy i hope i don't ever 
you know, like, and I don't, I don't, and that is just, again, it's part of the culture. It's, it's an acceptable thing. It's, it's one of those things that we just kind of shrug off. And there are so many of these cultural aspects that we shrug off and it, and it raises so many questions. Should we be shrugging off black jokes when people make them at work? Or should we be addressing those to correct the culture of African-American perceived threat, perceived stereotypes versus the perceived threat and stereotypes of, of white culture, right? Should we be making sure, because there, there are so many different little nuanced things to address. Like how many of the mass murders in American history are black? Like, let's be real, you know, like, so I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't it, know. It, this is, this is a, like huge, a huge topic that there's so much nuance, so multifaceted that we can go into is just that when you watch the news from yesterday, and you just know, you know, if that mo- if that mob, I'm gonna call him that, if that mob would have been a Black Lives Matter protest, man, that headlines would have been a lot rough. But it's the same thing. Remember during the summer, so there was a quote during the summer. Somebody was like, "Oh, you know, if Trump doesn't win, you won't see us protesting like this because we have jobs to go to." So y'all was just off Wednesday at noon. Like I don't understand. Yeah, like, yeah, it was just, um, it was just your day off. January sixth is the holiday. Your Christmas stand down is three weeks. Like, is that what you're telling me? (laughs) Like, I don't understand. Y'all don't go back to work to the to the thirteenth. Is that that it? Y'all were just free. It doesn't make. I mean, that was the the rallying cry, right? That was the whole. Yeah, we got uh, we got jobs to go to. We don't have time to protest. Oh, okay. mm -hmm. That's crazy. Y'all was protesting up, man, on a Wednesday at noon. (laughs) <laughs> hey so speaking of okay so, so you know kind of laughing a little bit you know uh you know trump started he started this whole thing uh so did, he did he start it or did he stoke it i say uh, i'm gonna be fair he stoked it okay you know he didn't say go go storm the capitol right. he said let's go march to the capitol let he he said let us you know let, we right. you know he used the i'm gonna be with you kind of language right. Let's walk down Pennsylvania Ave and blah blah blah, right? Okay. Uh, he doesn't walk with them, you know. And it, it's class. It's 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 such a small thing, and I don't know why it stuck out in my mind as I'm reading these articles and tracking this thing. Are you that, when you say he doesn't walk with them? Are you thinking about the image of uh, former President Obama walking across the bridge with with uh, the group? Is that is that what you're thinking about? I'm I'm thinking about a man who habitually says things like. You know, says a bunch of stuff and then is is lying. You know, okay. he gets up in front of his crowd of people and he goes, "Hey, let's go do this. I'm gonna walk with you, blah blah blah, that type of thing." And then he gets in his cars and he goes back to the White House. You know, like you know, not, doesn't even you know pretend to to but he, to do that. And his his followers don't care at all. But are we surprised? It's a man without substance. I don't. Right. I don't I have believe. No at all. I don't believe he has any substance, and um, he is he is very gifted at um exciting people in a way that makes uh people who who feel falsely marginalized feel as though they have a good reason to be angry right um he is he is you don't think so i no i i i I do not give this man any credit for no none for anything no, I think I think these people these are the people who wanted to follow him, right? Because but, if you if you listen to him, if you listen to him speak, 
he's not a gifted speaker by any measure. You don't have to be a gifted speaker. Like the thing, the thing about it is these people didn't just jump into the country in 2016. They've been feeling this way for a while. So why have they been under the covers? Because they didn't feel as though their feelings were big. It's just like, it's, it's a situation where celebrities talking about mental health gives the everyday person this feeling of unity like man you know this this famous person kevin love for example kevin love is out here dealing with depression and mental health issues and he's you know doing these charities and and talking about it openly um you know lil wayne is talking about you know wanting to have committed suicide and blah 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 man so maybe what i'm going through isn't that different and now i can more openly talk with people about it and when you more openly talk about it you find out that your friend your cousin your brother your sister your co-worker they were also having those thoughts right and now everybody's talking about mental health and, and blah 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 and it's getting discussed same thing with trump trump wasn't trump didn't create them trump didn't didn't do anything trump just stood up as an inspiration like i feel how you feel and you shouldn't have to hide how you feel we should be able to talk about it in the open and that's what i mean like he he gave them that feeling of of worth of not feeling alone and then when you sit at home and you're watching people at trump rallies and you feel how they feel now you're like yeah Look at thousands of people who all believe how I believe. I shouldn't have to keep secret that I don't think there's a problem with American society. I shouldn't have to keep secret that I'm proud, you know, of of whatever type of heritage I come from or, you know, I don't want these people in my country or, you know, whatever types of of, of fringe beliefs they have, which aren't fringe because clearly 71 million Americans thought he was doing a good job. Like, that's what he does. He makes what he does, but makes them not feel alone. When you talk about lighting a match and setting the kindling on fire and burning down the house, right? That match don't got to be that bright. But I don't. He's the match. I don't think he lights a match. I just think that he finds all the people with the matches and puts them all together. I I think that he is finding all the people, or maybe finding all the people who are kindling, and he's like, "Hey, there's way more kindling over here." Like, hey, I know you thought that you were the only man, but look, there's a match here and there's another one. And now all of a sudden we're this raging fire because he just brought, he's, he's DJ Khaled. He's like, Hey, like you guys should do this song together. I know I didn't have anything to do with the original and I didn't create the idea, but you guys should do this remix. Like he doesn't do anything. I, I, I just feel like he's a, he's an opportunist that, I mean, he walked into a space, a political space that had no defenses against what he his type the way he moves right uh you know for the longest time you you a politician gets on stage and they lie yeah. somebody goes hey you lie they go oh shoot yeah he doesn't do that you know hey you lie i ain't lie well, and, and then he moves on he doesn't even you know bump it is it, it doesn't stick to him well, and most just... politicians allow that thing to stick that's like the that normal the normal uh the 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 commons and the norms and traditions of the political space. He doesn't participate in any of them. I think he does. I think he does. I believe, I believe that president Trump did the exact same thing for a, uh, a false for a, a sect of America that has false feelings of marginalization that Joe Biden did for black people. What? They're no different. No. Yes. Absolutely not. Is he going to keep his promises? You think he's going to keep the promises he made? There's a scale. There's scale differences. There's, there's How? Layers How? of degrees. 
Like There's how? Layers of degrees. So, all right. So if you're, we're, right. Remember our show is about perspective. So from yeah. the perspective, from the perspective of the Proud Boys, Joe Biden is telling black people, you've been mistreated and I'm going to help make it better. And they're thinking, you haven't been mistreated. This country's fair. We already freed you. None of us have ever owned slaves. We didn't do anything to you, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know why you're trying to make me feel bad for being a white Protestant male in America. Like this is just... I was just born with this the same way you were born black. I was just born white. So you shouldn't be trying to punish me for something I couldn't control either. And they're looking at Joe Biden. Making but that's, these prom- that's but, the curated. I, I, yeah, I follow you. What I'm, so what right I'm saying is that, that he's yeah, just making yeah. the same promises to them. So from our perspective is why is Trump going out here telling people who have been privileged and that nothing is wrong, that you've been wrong, you've been mistreated. You should stand because up. You should fight that back. That separates the two. That's so you know, Trump isn't the only one to, to to run out there and do that. The whole Tea Party movement is, it you know, morphed into that. Uh, it started off as this, uh, you know, in opposition to taxes and things like that, and it morphed into that. I what, exactly what you're talking about, uh, but it's not. That's there's a difference between you know that that uh, Proud Boy style, whatever, mm-hmm. and specifically Trumpism. Because when you looked at the the riot yesterday, you saw Trump signs everywhere. Sure. It was Trumpism, so there there is a mark. I just don't. Difference. I don't think he's special, you know. I, don't I, don't I agree with special. you. I feel I agree. like I feel like he just played on something. He, I, so to me, he did what so many politicians do. He just did it more openly. Like every politician plays to the emotions of the group that they need to vote for them the most, and I just feel like he did it more. But openly. they did it. They do it with rules. Yes, and that's the thing. You know, so yeah. Nixon, Nixon have, got up there, he and he know. Yeah. Yeah. Nixon got up there and he had rules on his is that, you know what, we're going to do this Southern strategy. We're not going to say, you know, them colored people in X, Y, Z. We're going right. to we're going to couch these words in X, Y, you know, into, you know, different oh, urban, whatever, whatever. But at the end of the day, he was doing that, but he had rules and ethical whatever. This dude doesn't have any of that. Yeah, and but I don't know. It makes it... The population in any democracy. There's a segment of the population that. And, and this is going to get into this might just going to get into some bad area and I'm probably going to catch up with me later on the recording but this <laughs> segment of the population in any democracy that you kind of want to sit down you kind of don't want them to, to get into the full ring you just it, you can kind of as an entering our argument to this to that concept you kind of think of hey do you want the belligerent gamblers and the rapists and et cetera et cetera to have a strong voice in democracy yeah I don't know you know, so like, and there's a lot of people in that basket, if you will, that uh could you know kind of you know exemplify that. And Trump says, "I don't give a damn. They all vote, and I don't give a damn. They all they'll come up to these rallies. I'll get those people." And I'm not saying that Trump supporters all are like that. That's right. right. I don't think 71 million people are rapists and et cetera. I'm not saying right. that. Just saying that what we saw yesterday are those people that Nixon would have been like, no. You saw it with Mitch McConnell yesterday. Mitch McConnell gets on stage after, you know, gets to the podium and goes, that, what we saw is trash. He condemns it. Mitt Romney condemns it. The entire House of, you know, elected officials condemned it. Trump is silent because he condoned it. See that? And that's the difference right there, you know? But, so, and I guess here's the question. Does that make him better or worse? Because he doesn't lie. It makes him worse. You think it makes him worse that he's open about 
what he wants to do, what he what his intent is, because I don't I, I don't honestly believe I don't have faith that politicians are being honest with us. Oh, I, know I don't have are. so 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 what it, I don't know, man. It's just it's a it's because a trust thing. January, like, I know I know he's a devil. Like I know this dude a devil. He's walking around in his devil suit and he's got his devil horns out for show and he's using devil words and like I know this dude ain't no good. Like we're good. We're straight. I don't I don't look at him and wonder, man, you know what? He might be for me. Not straight up, no. Whereas Joe Biden's got everybody fooled. He might be for me. And we ain't gonna know until four years from now. Like well, that's I don't know, like that. I don't like that. No, 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 no. So like at the end of the day, the the liar doesn't have on January 6, 2020, people storming the Capitol. I mean, okay, that's fair. That's the the like, rubber meets the road outcomes are different for it, the liar versus the whatever. Because if they, they they put on the trappings of democracy, they put on the trappings of a of a respectable politician, there's shit they don't do. You know, they don't get on they don't get in front of uh you know, um, get on stage and and talk about a dude not wearing a mask during a damn pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't do that. So okay. you have people who live who are alive today because they don't. You know, we didn't spread the damn pandemic as fast because we got a you know a whole political wing of the party who is 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 ashamed of mask wearing or any mitigations. You know, like you got you could get more shutdowns in the early days of, of the pandemic because just... you got somebody. Yeah, so it's a rubber meter. Well, I get like the whole idea. Almost like the whole, you know, we talk about a racist thing. Yeah. You, know, you want you rather have a known racist versus somebody who kind of you know has a you know is secretly racist. But uh, as, when I go out and about in the world, that secret racist doesn't harm me. As that, as horrible as horrible as this 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 was, and as as much of a failure as this was, I think that this shined a light on american society and how it actually works more than anything that more than any documentary discussion research anything else that could have happened because we have in the last several months we have had mitch mcconnell break a promise that he made right he's like yeah if somebody dies in 2020 there's no way we're gonna appoint a new justice doesn't matter who's in charge he did it we have people saying during the summer if trump loses there's no way we're gonna riot we have to go to work they did it like there's just oh if if he wins you know I'll I'll honor it he did not like it's just it's it's so much that as whole like I said as horrible as it was it should have never occurred it shines such a light on how our police system works. So well, who's responding to that light though? I don't know. Right now yeah. we are so that's that's two people. Right now yeah, every single we listener we have is responding. Right now there's there's stuff all over social media and Facebook and I get it that's not enough but that's how everything's like something you talk you talk about how he lit lights a kindling we like we light a kindling. Every time we get up here and record something and share it out with however many people are listening we light a kindling and every time they talk to somebody else about it that's spreading that match. So we can we don't we can use the same tools he uses to do good. To show the world that there are people who believe as they believe that there is a problem and are willing to stand up the same way they are and do something to fix it, whether it's talking on a podcast, having a conversation with a friend, going out and marching, participating in local politics, making phone calls to ensure the Georgia runoff elections go. You know, everybody's getting out, knowing what date it is and going to vote like we can do okay, this. We can use the same tools. Yeah. So. So first. Stacey Abrams. Fair Godmother, Stacey Abrams. 
Yes. Uh, hopefully can. the next governor of, of Georgia, I'm putting this out there. I, as much as people say that she should get a seat in the cabinet for all her hard work, I don't want her. I, uh, I don't want her in the cabinet. She I needs to hang out in Georgia so she can be the governor. No, I, I want her to take that seat. Take her seat back. That's yeah. her seat. It's been her seat. Right. Take it. I'll, take either, it. Yeah. Either the governor or the Senate. <laughs> Like the Senate I, is a low second option. Yeah, I wanted to take it. Like that is that is her seat. Take your governorship, ma'am. You yeah. you so have done it. You have done the it. Da- the danger, though, from what happened yesterday and what happened for the Supreme Court justice seat and what happened during the impeachment trial and all that stuff is that there's a whole conversation. So, like, I don't have any. Uh, uh, I don't know how to say this. I don't have any uh, miss you know, misconstrued views that the folks that are listening to this podcast are most likely of the same political lineage as us. Okay. And they got to this episode. Uh, they're, they're probably somewhere in the ballpark. Okay. Right? Agree. There's a whole, there's a whole uh, world of folks right now who are justifying what happened yesterday and they're normalizing what happened yesterday. There was folks during the impeachment and before you know, who because of their identity, because of where they are politically, they they receive, you know, they see what happened. They saw what um, President Trump did. They saw what then candidate Trump did. They heard what he said and they normalized it and immediately justified it. And any attacks on that action, uh, you know, they would defend it because, it, because their identity is tied up in it. People did it for Obama. People do it for, you know, on the left and right. It's a natural human thing to do, you know, tribalism. But when that shit happened yesterday, that entered into our lexicon that, hey, when I'm pissed off, I can go do this thing. And because the one whole, uh, you know, a big segment of a political side justified that thing because those senators, those, the ones that objected to uh, the, you know, to the, the nomination, essentially, uh, they got, you know, they stormed the Capitol, kicked them out. They got the capital back, and they went right down there and did the same shit again. Mm. They, you know, you know, there was a couple that flipped, but you know, Ted Cruz he does the same thing again. Okay, like, but as all right, what lessons is there being learned? And and I'm not I'm not nihilistic, you know, right. nihilistic. I think you know, I, I think, think the there's lesson, a way out. I think the lesson being learned is it was futile. You so. From from another perspective, I, as a proud Trump supporter, exercise my right to protest and to gather. And in said gathering, I took over the Capitol building to show my disgust with the results of the election. And I made it known and I made it heard and there were news cameras everywhere and we fully took over this building and there was a huge response. And, you know, we achieved what we set out to achieve. We accomplished our goal in taking this building and delaying this vote. And it meant nothing. It changed nothing. It did nothing. It helped nothing. You, you it was the most, it was the big interview. Okay. But. So interviews. All right. So people are talking. Sure. But what did they do at the end of the day? This this is a huge I think this is a huge sign that shows you're not changing anything. Like, what are you doing? All of the effort that has been made by Trump's Trump supporters and President Trump himself since the results of the election came out November, what, 10th, something like that. Like 
it's been it's been wasted effort. If there's no bigger slap in the face, I I don't know. Like I I don't what else what else is there to say that through as the president of the United States, supposedly the most powerful man in the country, you are powerless. You can do nothing with 71 million people at your back. You can do nothing with the whole of the Senate and six out of three in the Supreme Court. You can do nothing. You are weak and powerless and will step down from this office no matter what you want. As as much as I agree, I agree with you, man. I, I, I agree in the sense that he is slapping a brick wall with his open palm, hoping it falls. And and that's the great thing about our system that that's how it is. But I I, I got into the so yesterday uh, last night okay. I, and in this morning I got into the forums. You know I'm I'm, in, I'm looking at what the conservatives are saying to themselves. Okay. What the Trumpists are saying to themselves. All right. And they don't see yesterday as a loss. They don't see it as a uh, a slap in the face. Because the, the thing is about these people is that they're nihilistic from the entering argument. They have a they have a, a president. Uh, you know, they had a president for four years, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they have, you know, control of the Senate. They don't have the House, but they have two out of the three, right? And for four years, they operated as if they didn't have control of the system. You know, Trump very regularly claimed that, oh, they are doing something. They are stopping me. They are whatever, you know, speaking from themselves as a from a lost position right. from folks that don't have power. So they never expected yesterday to deliver any anything. They just wanted to stick it to the libs. That's what it's all about. It's always been about thumbing their nose at the at those people. But I don't okay. Cause they have the power. You know, these like when you look at the footage of the uh the law enforcement, mm-hmm. like and I and I don't wanna I don't wanna pull this string too much because yeah, like you said, we didn't do our research too much on this episode. And the footage I saw showed uh some law enforcement on the Capitol being very friendly with these protesters, um, with these rioters. Like and we've seen that all over the country whenever Proud Boys or other allegiant uh, you know, style uh riots and protests have taken place where law enforcement is, is really familiar and really friendly with these people because of the because of the shared identities. Um they have the power. These are the folks that are in uh different layers of government and different layers of the economics and all that kind of stuff. You know, they're not just poor white whatever folks in, you know, bumfuck Egypt. <laughs> you know, they're they're everywhere in this, in our system, you know? So, uh so I so I'm not I'm not denying the the um essential power structure within the United States of America, right? I'm I'm I have I have no denial of that. But for this particular incident is what I'm saying is that they're they're absolutely powerless. Like it's it's not a it's not a thing of America's gonna change now. January sixth is reshaped America and, and we're moving into a, a better, brighter future no, for black yeah. people everywhere. Like I trust me, I don't have that belief. However, no. on this particular incident, for this particular pushback, they suffered that loss. They have to go with that. 
regardless of whether they believe that what they did would mean anything or not, regardless of whether or not they believed it would actually change something, they did it. So you either went in knowing you were going to waste effort and waste time and waste energy, which is just a complete sign of stupidity, or you went in thinking you were going to change something and walked out a failure. So you're either an idiot or a failure, and you get to pick which one. The other thing, man, it's a, it's a riot, too. Right. So you, it's, a, like, it's, a, it's a riot. It's a futile effort as an ending argument anyway. No riot. As a, as a riot. Okay. Fair. Fair. No Touché. riot anywhere has ever changed anything. It's always been assigned to the powers that be. But I, I yeah. I, I get no, I, absolutely. Our system, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Our yeah. system is resilient. Uh, and I don't think to, you know, that we're break we're, we're breaking but I think we have signs of stress and yesterday was a sign of stress and to say they're weak and powerless. Like I, I agree with that assessment. I just, However, I mean, it is, occupy the I mean capital. I, when I say weak and powerless, I mean powerless to affect the change that they desire for this particular incident, not yeah. overall, not, you know, by and large, not in any other arena, but for this particular incident that they desire to alter, to change, they have no ability to do so. Yeah. Yeah, but yes, oh man, I I gotta circle back, you know, just a little bit. But, Excuse me. You know, to see images of of my Capitol building and yeah. the Confederate flag inside my Capitol yes. building being proudly waved, the the flag of a losing nation being proudly waved inside my Capitol building. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. I'm from the South. I was pretty disgusted. Yeah, like that's that. You know the the slap in the face that is to everything that this nation stands for is is profound and and it, it's profound in a way because because the side of the political you know political wing that's always claimed itself to be the home of the true patriots yeah basically enabled this you know when like uh you know I hate to keep I, I keep bringing it up because I think it's super. Uh, it's an inciting event is during the impeachment when the you know Republican Party essentially rubber stamped all of President Trump's behavior by not even doing a Senate level investigation on anything, right. including obstruction of justice when he re- very regularly uh, barred witnesses from testifying in front of Congress. Uh, they should have known then what they were going to put the nation through. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I feel like the I feel like the America, not even America, the Republican Party in particular is like, you know, a, a victim of domestic violence. Is huh. when they they they, they meet they met the guy, and he had a leather jacket on, and he's a tough guy, and they like that because it's hot. Yeah. And the family said, "Hey, no, don't don't do this." And no, mama, you don't understand. Uh, you know, I love him. You know, y'all just judging us. It's us against the world. And during the impeachment, he slapped you the first time because he because he didn't like something you did, mm-hmm. and you didn't want to tell nobody. Right. You know. And and, and then right and today, after, you you just had to go to work with a black eye and well, try to explain. It's not just that. It's well, I mean, what you? I mean, that's a that is a beautiful analogy right for the for the stockholm that the republican party is is locked into with with um with president trump it's just 
I mean, that is a beautiful example. Even after the impeachment trial, when you say, we'll forgive you, we'll clean all this up. We're not going to worry about it. Right. We get the phone call. I'm untouchable. Don't worry about it. You, you know, you do this for me. I'll do that for you. Right. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, seriously. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. That was the, that was after no collusion. That's that got my timeline out. My bad. After they got done with everything with Russia, he was like, yo, look, they just finished this investigation. I'm Gucci. So, you know, you do this, I'll do that. We get that. Yeah, I mean, we got another phone call just a couple of days ago. With, you know, you're trying to tell the Secretary of State, I think it's Secretary of State in Georgia, you know, to find votes for you. Right. It's- and so, and, and, and I was in the forums responding to that. I was in the forums, you know, again, listening how conservatives, specifically Trumpists, are talking to themselves around this thing and they're justifying it. So, you know, and, and here's the here's the thing. One of the things you brought up earlier was that our listeners, um, you know, at this point, or a lot of our listeners at this point, are going to be of the same political leaning, or at least the same social beliefs, right? Uh, we're gonna sh- we're gonna have similarities in our in our philosophies, but the we're not like we're out here to show and shift, right? We're not out here to make you agree. We're out here to to help hopefully help them believe that this other thing exists. I don't have to agree with ketchup on my eggs, but I know that there are people who put ketchup on their eggs and enjoy that. I don't right. agree with it, but I know it exists. Know right. And that's, and, and we, <laughs> right. And we can have discussions with people now and bring it up on a more regular basis when we're having a little work conversation. Hey, by the way, uh, anybody here put ketchup on their eggs? Yeah, a lot. Okay, well let's let's talk about that. Why do you put ketchup on your eggs? Yeah, right? Let's unpack that. Where did that where did Ooh. that come from? And how do we correct, you know, the savagery that you participate right. in? Right? Who hurt you? Right. And that's the same that's the same thing with the podcast. Like we know that the people listening are gonna are are gonna be of the same mindset. But again, like you said with Trump, we are showing or like I was saying earlier, we are showing them that there are more than just them and their small circle. We're here in Virginia, right? And we got listeners wherever, right? And we're like, we're from two different areas. So we're showing, look, it's not just you. It's a lot more of us. And that's why we created Ingenia, right? Because now there's even more of you guys to interact with. And so you you don't have to feel like I'm the only one thinking about issues. I'm the only one, you know, thinking about solutions. I'm the only one who's trying to have these conversations in a more open form like we all are. You know, we all want to have these discussions and you can take that and go with that to to people who are not of the same political leaning, who are not of the same philosophy and try to help them understand. And you try to understand more of their point of view as well, because it's not just a one sided thing. And understanding doesn't mean agreeing. It just means understanding. Right. And I mean, and that kind of gets into like a little bit of the idea that certain things can are, are, are stem from ignorance, which is like part of what we're planning to go into in the next episode with the, with the discussion on critical race theory. Um, and, and right, that's not a hundred percent true, but there are some things that can be helped, you know, but I don't know, man, it just, you know, like it just, it, we're, we're not trying to, we're, we're not going to draw in people who don't agree with us. Like we're, we're just not going to draw them in. Yeah. And, and you definitely won't, that, and that, that's the thing that I think that uh, this era of Trump should teach folks who want to, you know, build coalitions and everything like that. It is not about 
convincing the other side right of some detail or some fact or some you know the the smartness of some policy thing yeah you know there is not uh except lock her up and build a wall like there is very little sub uh policy wise that you know trump was able to build his po- his coalition around okay. it was all about speaking for you yeah representing you i share your ideals you know and and that's that's really what Stacey Abrams tapped into as well, you know, and, and, and to, to your credit, because you, you mentioned it earlier about what separates, you know, Trump from uh, Joe Biden, you know, you know, at their core, you know, they're appealing to people's identities, you know, and trying to, you know, tap into who they see themselves as and who, you know, and what they want to see the, the nation as. Right. And but the. The thing that has to happen with that is that we have to have guardrails because, you know, and I'm not equating, you know, I, I will not do, equate Donald Trump to, to Hitler or anybody or Stalin or anything like that. Right. But I'm not, and I'm not doing that. But I would, I will say that we should have, the system needs to have guardrails that do protect us from a Stalin or a Hitler. Right. Because as, you know, the rise of, of President Trump as should teach anybody is that anybody could become, you know, become our next leaders. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's a beautiful thing about America is that it doesn't, there's no scary, bro. I, I mean, I'm yeah. not going to, I'm not, I can't, I can't just omit how scary that is. I guess yeah. it's, it's, we have, we have less restrictions on serving as president than we do on voting for president. And it's, that's scary. That's scary. Like that's yeah. the America we live in. Where an ex-con can't decide who leads him, right? Someone who has served their time, completed their sentence, right? This convicted felon who is supposedly, quote unquote, paid his debt to society. That's what we always say. They've paid their debt to society. They've paid their debt to society. Yet when they come out, there's still other punishments. You can't qualify for certain loans. You can't get certain jobs. You can't get certain clearances. You can't vote. However, that same person can put his name on a ballot and if enough people vote for him, he will be president of the United States of America. Like that's the America we live in. Yep. And and in the Amer- the same America we live in doesn't we all don't share and and again, this is strength and weakness, right? We all don't share the same vision as far as who is acceptable to lead us. Right. You know, and and what, you know, what when it all said and done cuz we can all like, you know, we can have disagreements about, you know, whether or not, you know, we should, you know, fund you know, transportation technology and, and different blah, 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 you know, have nuanced discussion on policy. But when it comes down to, hey, do we all deserve human rights? You know, that should be like one of those, you know, uh, untouchable fields. But we don't all believe that, you know. So it's the nuance of America's the strength and the weakness. And we saw, you know, yesterday that when you court, I you know, ideas that, undermine our system there are no checks there's nothing that stops those ideas from just blossoming and growing until those ideas are stumping through our capital and i think that's the most essential part that we have to focus on um outside of outside of everything outside of whatever they believe in or whatever ideals they have at the end of the day um and there was a lady and i wish i I might have to find the clip and, and share it on a page who essentially explained it beautifully that 
They're marching to take away our voice. They're essentially yeah. saying that we understand that you voted and we get it, but we don't think you made the right choice. So we think that you should ignore what the majority of America has said, what the Electoral College has said, what our political process has said, and do what we want. And that, like that small nuance thing is is like really scary because they believe that that is okay, that it is okay to steal the voice of of other citizens, of American citizens who don't look like them and don't believe like them, that therefore their thoughts, their opinions, their vote matters less, that their vote should count less. And that, and that, that that's uh, so a problem. I, I found myself, you know, leaning left uh, on most policy issues and stuff like that. But I, I, you know, at this point, at this point, I won't call myself a Democrat. Uh, because I don't, first I don't believe in two party system, but I say that only to introduce this one concept to say that the the Democratic Party is in a good place because at the end of its end of their policy discussions and everything that their strategy is to broaden the electorate as wide as possible and they get the win, and I feel like that you know that's the that is the essence of democracy. You is when you, you don't have the widest. What's that? I, I was about to say you don't believe that they're going to undertake retaliatory actions for the last four years for for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You don't think that they're going to try to retaliate in some way? Uh, no, I, I will. I think they will. I think things like uh, you know um, Puerto Rican statehood and. Uh, expanding the Supreme Court, uh, those kind of those kind of conversations will be on the table. But the thing that that was the the thing that that allows is that it gives more voices. It's not less voices. You see, uh, you know, the Republican Party is pushing ID voter ID laws. They're in in the entire you know you know effort by the president's campaign to to up in the election has all been about taking away votes taking away voters, whereas, you know, most democratic strategies are built around expanding the electorate, getting more voters, getting more voices, because when more people participate, it, you know, the, the stats show that the Democrats win. And I don't think that's anything intrinsic to the Democratic Party. I just think that's, you know, that's where we are today in 2020, you know, 100 years from now or 100 years ago, you know, that calculation was different. And you probably would see, you know, Republicans on the other side of that yeah. the Democrats. You know, I'm, not, you. I'm not saying there's a value structure there, but I'm just saying, you know, where they're positioned today, look at Stacey Abrams in Georgia, the more people participate, the more often Democrats win. Yeah, it's it's just it's a shit show, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a shit show. And I don't I, I I'm at a loss, really. So we always talk about we always talk about solutions. Okay. And yesterday, so over the summer, right, you know, the summer protests, uh, one of the things that kept popping up was, hey, we got all this camera footage, we got this whatever stuff, we should go get these people. And, you know, my knee-jerk reaction for a lot of that was, we're not a police state. Well, we are, but we try not to be. Um, 
And I don't know if that's appropriate. That's the kind of stuff that China does. And I, I find myself on the opposite side of that conversation for yesterday. And I don't know if it's, that flip is justifiable. I don't know if it's justifiable or not either. But when you talk about solutions, like solutions to yesterday are, are very, very simple. Solutions to yesterday are, man, so if you have an alarm system at your house, somebody breaks into your house, the alarm don't trip, police ain't called, all this stuff goes, they just roll up in your house like it's their house, they sit down, they watch TV, make themselves a sandwich, walk out with all your furniture, your television, your clothes, anything of value, you know, you they just, they don't care, man, your fridge been raided, you know, they done put on your favorite house coat and walked out the house, and you know, all this stuff, you get rid of that alarm system. That whole alarm system gets trashed. You write bad reviews on it. You call up the company. You might, you know, send stuff to the Better Business Bureau. We're not accepting this. They're getting a bad Yelp review. We're going on Google. You know, we buying a new alarm system. We talking trash to everybody we know about how horrible this alarm company was. So you know what we do? We scrap that whole alarm. That's the solution. Y'all don't want to arrest people. Y'all don't want to do your job. Y'all don't want to protect the capital. You're fired. Get a new job because you didn't do yours. Yeah. I would have. Yeah, I, I, I worked. I, I worked law enforcement. I had a badge. I'd have set personal records yesterday for arrest. Oh, personal records. They'd have. They'd have been national records on how many people were arrested on January sixth by Officer Dominic. Oh my goodness, it would have been beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> absolutely beautiful. I am out of handcuffs. I need zip ties now. We can't do this anymore. There is just. It is too much. He is. He has run out of ways to subdue people. How to put on the show? How to put on the show? You know how much training law, <laughs> like how I much training law enforcement goes through, and how little of that training they actually get to use on a day to day basis. I don't put on a show. We are we are talking five stars clinic that, clinic that's what flu game mind. flu game Jordan. That'd have been me. <laughs> like, yo, that's what, yo, like, you wouldn't have been able to stop me. Tornado. Like, <laughs> I, I work. I worked at bases guarded by Marines, right? Right. Uh, and you know it's a scale difference, but. Those Marines go through boot camp, they go through deployments, they go through all these other things and kill, kill, kill is, right. is in is in their blood. And you don't you don't you don't line step because the expectation in the mm-hmm. knowledge in fact is that if you line step down there, your ass will be on the deck and right. you'll be happy that you ain't on the deck with holes in you. Right. You know, so like Yeah. We don't teach morning shots in the military. Like we don't. That's not no. something we teach. We're not we're not no. aiming for kneecaps and shoulders and and no no no. That's not it. That's not it. Center mass, bro. That's what you and get. These are, these are strategic, you know, and these are strategic assets that they're defending and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh but you're talking about the damn White House and and so and not the White House, excuse me, the the, cap, the Capitol building. And yeah. we're not just talking about the brick and mortar, the damn mm-hmm. senators are in there. Right. Right. So right. If, if if one of those senators, you know, we we have yeah I think there were ninety nine present um, when okay. it happened. If one of those senators senators, uh, you know, were to have something bad happen, would it get incapacitated? Let's say right. at the very least, uh, incapacitated in some way that throws our political process into disarray during yeah. the during the transition from one political party from one president to the next. That can't happen. The stakes of that during a pandemic. I oh, I agree with you. I agree with you completely. Which is why they should all be fired. If you were on duty on January six, you don't have a job no more. You unemployed. Add to the number, bro. You done. Like I, I don't have. I don't. Maybe I should be more merciful. But that's probably why I'm not in politics. That's probably no, why. I'm, it's outcomes. 
That's probably why I'm not in charge of nothing. Cause I, I no, people be fired. I'll be getting rid of people. And that's another thing. Like, how can you feel comfortable? The every so you know the the ten year old, eleven year old kid who has designs on politics, who wants to grow up and change the nation, who wants to be able to affect change in a in a powerful way, and is looking at the Capitol building as his goal. How do you even feel safe aiming for that goal anymore? Bro, you're talking about 20, 30 years from now. You, what about today? Those right. politicians that okay, are yeah, daily true, death true, threats. True. You know, it's politicians right now who get death threats. Death, well, uh, I mean, threats. yeah, they get and death threats, but, but they're supposed to be able to go into that Capitol building and feel like, all right, nothing's going to happen to me in here. Like, I'm Gucci. They're supposed to be safe, right? Yeah, no, but they're not. No. Y'all ain't safe. You're safe from you're safe from black attackers. That's what you're safe from. If yes. if an African American assailant approaches the building, don't worry. I promise you, you won't even know about it. You will be done no harm, and that assailant will be put down. Um, yeah. But sorry, if he happens to be white, bro, I don't know. Fend for yourself. Running hide, get under the table. But the Secret Service, though, I'll say that Secret Service, they did show up somewhat. You know, yesterday, you know, they they did. Uh, I mean, there's definitely footage of them, weapons drawn, ready to put. These are uh, these are senators. Why is the Secret Service not always at the Capitol building? Like, do they, they only were, is it are they only president? Like that that could just be my lack of knowledge. Is the Secret Service exclusive to the president? No, no, no. Secret Service is uh all the all the like you know federal folks. Then why, a lot, why, a lot of, why are they not yeah, already of, there? They should already they be there. They were. That was what I'm saying. They were there. Okay. Uh, when when the protesters were breaking, I can't come up with protesters because I'm I'm generous here. Uh, <laughs> very uh, very uh, generous. Uh, <laughs> when they're breaking through the glass, the, the into the uh you know the the Senate floor, there um the, the there's footage of the Secret Service already their weapons drawn. They're ready. Okay. They're All ready right. To go. Fair, fair and, enough. And something that I'm not seeing at the top of every headline, which is also blowing my mind, there were there were IEDs. Excuse me. There were IEDs, bombs. The the rioters. Again, bombs this is a this is a this is a lack of research thing. Bombs, bombs. So the the, the, so the they Capitol used the building improve improvised explosive devices. Right, right. They, IEDs. They, right. They I get you. About it. Uh, yeah. They they brought bombs in there, and the FBI FBI uh, end up you know uh, you know breaking so this, all down. This is domestic terrorism. Exactly. Right. That's. I mean, there's no, there's no if ends. But we talked about the definition of terrorism several episodes ago. And um, the president this is, this goes, "I love terrorism." The president tells these people he loves them, and they're very special to him. It's crazy. Wow. Domestic terrorism. That's what. That's what we got now. But yeah, hey, and, Black and Lives why, Matter should be classified as a terrorist group, apparently. Right. Um, the FBI not, was devoting. The FBI was devoting considerable resources to tracking and documenting Black Lives Matter, which is exactly why Black Lives Matter was established as a. You know, decentralized leadership organization. Right. Um, reading it, reading that book, awesome, awesome book, by the way. Oh, man, uh, I can't, I can't with, I can't with my nation. This is, we're only seven days in, bro. Seven days into 2021. We're seven days in, seven days in, seven yeah. days in. Ain't nothing changed but the weather. All right. So, but they're showing us, they're showing us though. This is like you were saying, man, they're showing us who they are. They're showing yeah. us who they are. And that, and it's I mean, not a surprise. I, you know, again, like I said, not a surprise. Um, thank you for pulling off your mask and and letting me know who you really are. But that don't make your face any less scary, like you were saying. Like I still don't want to see it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, yeah. I still gotta go in the streets. And <laughs> oh man. Anyway, uh, we are we are heading up on uh, I believe a good time 
to yeah. cap this and just welcome welcome to 2021 happy new year to everybody we didn't even we yeah. didn't even start with that happy holidays we hope like we put up our last episode about mid-december and then you know you know how the holidays are we hit that rush and we hope everyone enjoy their holidays um we thank you all for continuing to listen to us what i want to say is 13 episodes in um and like this has just been an amazing journey an absolutely amazing journey that started from two friends um you know, getting together and having these wonderful discussions, sitting around talking for hours upon hours, and finally being able to to put together a platform and a way to share this with the world. Um, and while you know that pandemic, you know, did a lot of negative things to the nation and, and put us in a bad way in a lot of ways, it it gave us that free time that you know that hey, we're always having these discussions. Let's do something with it. And it was, you know, I feel like it's blossomed into a beautiful thing. And I, I love every single, you know, listener we have who's, you know, taking the time to listen to what we have to say. Because um, I, I know <laughs> you, everybody doesn't always agree. We don't always have the best way to say it or, or anything like that. But we, we really appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Yeah, most definitely. And I, I got I got to uh, kind of backtrack a little bit okay. um, real quick before we close out um, all the way. Uh, I was real heavy handed with uh, my general use of conservative and kind of conflating that with Trumpism and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of folks that were coming out against what happened yesterday that are, you know, would call themselves conservatives and even call themselves Trump supporters. They came right. out yesterday, strong worded condemnations of the violence, condemnations of the uh, of of the storming of the Capitol, you know, came out committed and ready to do their jobs as senators as they saw it to, you know, nominate the, you know, the president elect and to do their, do their due diligence. A lot of, a lot of policymakers, leaders of thought um, that would call themselves conservatives and right-leaning um, who, you know, showed up as they, as they always, you know, people of integrity. Um, and so, you know, definitely, I, I know there's a separation between those, between those style of things. And I know that uh, those folks are, just as American as anybody else. And so I, you know, I applaud those people because it, it takes a considerable amount more effort for somebody who, you know, campaign on the behalf of somebody else to right. condemn that person. That is a hard thing to do, it's especially true. in modern politics. So, yeah. you know, I, I gotta, you know, for, for the Mitch McConnell's and the, uh, um, you know, even folks like Lindsey Graham, uh, it's, it's, it, it's not something I usually do, but, Definitely, um, good job to calling those things out. Um, but we need more. We we need you to continue on and do more because uh, you know the cracks are showing, and we gotta make sure we we apply that pressure in the right way. Um, as we close out twenty twenty one, there's something I want to say a little bit different. Um, we we've constantly asked you to shift your paradigms as you listen to us. We've constantly said that like shift your paradigms, and I think I think that's probably been. Um, inaccurate, right? We want you to expand your paradigm more than shift it, right? You don't you don't have to change what you believe, but expand your understanding and your view. I, I, expand expand your perception of the world. And so, as we close out the day, I'm gonna tell you once again, um, this has been a genius perspectives. Um, keep expanding your paradigms. Peace.